Welcome to the Build Your Own Table podcast. I'm your host, Nakia Gray, intellectual property attorney, business coach, author, wife, momager, and biz bestie. I know that creating and leveraging intellectual property is how the wealthiest people in the world acquired their wealth, and I believe it's how you should too. This podcast is dedicated to inspiring and motivating women, particularly women of color, to tap into their own creative genius and use it to create, protect, and monetize their intellectual property so they can build wealth through entrepreneurship. My guests and I are going to share our stories of how we got tired of waiting for someone to give us a seat at the table, so we built our own. If you're tired of shrinking to fit into spaces that weren't designed for you, you're in the right place. Welcome to the show. Hello, and welcome to this newest episode of the Build Your Own Table podcast. I am your podcast host, Nakia Gray, and I'm so happy to be back in the studio recording a new podcast episode. It has been a whirlwind, and the last couple of months, my team and I have been working so hard on getting my new website up and getting new interviews and podcast material and content for the second half of the year. I can't believe I've been a podcast host for over six months now. It's absolutely crazy. So today is actually July 4th. It is Independence Day. It, this is the day that America celebrates its freedom. But for Black Americans, many Black Americans, our freedom is really tied to a holiday that was a couple of weeks ago, Juneteenth, which marks the end of slavery. Now, let me tell you, I did a little bit of research. I was doing some research for Juneteenth. And when I say I came across some statistics that just completely blew my mind and had me saying, okay, are we really free? <laughs> okay, listen to this. So Emancipation Day was in 1865. So here we sit 160 years from that time. The end of slavery in the U.S. And so what should have been a, a new era of Black wealth creation, because the Blacks that were enslaved were now free, really didn't give what I think it should have, have given, okay? Um, a typical Black family at that time held one cent of every dollar of wealth held by a white family, okay? So that was 0.5% of American wealth. And so all these years later, guess how much we hold now? Only 1.5%. So it's only grown 1% in over a century and a half. And that is just a problem for me, okay? That really just grinds my gears, okay? Here's some more statistics. The average net worth of a Black family in the, living in the U.S. is $24,100, whereas the average net worth of a white family living in America is $188,200. That's a huge gap. And you've heard me talk about some of these statistics before. Black women made 62 cents for every dollar a white man makes. Black women are starting businesses at six times the rate of other groups. Yet they less than 1% of Black women-owned businesses have startup capital. 44% of Black business owners use their own cash to start their venture. There was a study that found that the average 
um, earnings, uh, uh, the average net revenue of Black women-owned businesses was $24,000 compared to $142,900 among all women-owned businesses. That's an enormous problematic gap. And I just have an issue with it, okay? Eight out of 10 businesses started by Black women fail within the first 18 months. So what did this all mean to me? It means we, we've come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. We need to take back our financial power. We've got in to get in control and focus on our money. 70% of millionaires in the world are self-made. That's the good news, okay? That's the good news. So if you're thinking, well, I'm doomed. I don't come from money. There's no way I'm ever going to be rich. That's not true. 70% of millionaires are self-made and 67% of them became millionaires by starting a business. That's great news, right? The best and fastest way for us to begin to close that gap and to begin to build wealth is to create intellectual property, create intellectual property and protect it and monetize it, leverage it to create generational wealth, okay? Why? Because the one-on-one model is just not enough, okay? It's just not enough. Why? Because your income is is capped at however many clients or customers you can earn money by trading hours for dollars. There's only, there's a limit to what that could be. However, you can put your IP to work and that is how you, you can create something once and get paid for it over and over and over. Leverage it, scale it. It's bigger than you. It's outside of you. Whether you show up or not, your IP can be working for you, okay? And I love that we are now having these conversations. I love that on social media, there's a lot of talk about intellectual property. I feel like people are really starting to tap into understanding how valuable their intellectual property is. And that is something that I love. I also love that y'all are bringing me into the conversation, okay? There is not a week that goes by that I'm not sent a DM of a story, something that's going on in the news, or I'm being tagged, or there's something that people are asking about intellectual property. And so I love that. I want to encourage you to continue to educate yourself, continue to ask those questions. Okay. So let's talk about what's been the hot topic for the past um, week or so. So in case you didn't know, Pharrell, the, um, the artist Pharrell, what he has been, he's kind of taken over um, Virgil's spot at Louis Vuitton and he just unveiled his newest collection and all the stars. I mean, everybody who was anybody was there, okay? He unveiled it. There, It got lots of press. Beyonce, who is doing a world tour, took the time out of her busy schedule to go to this Louis Vuitton fashion show, which I loved to see her and Jay-Z there. It was just great, right? So seeing all of this, even the collection looked really, really good. Um, I'm sure that he felt like he had some big shoes to fill because Virgil was just an amazing creative genius and um and and we we miss him right so uh, i know that pharrell probably felt a lot of pressure to deliver because you know this is a big deal and i think he did i was like okay gold star i thought that a lot of it now i'm not necessarily buying it but i thought that it looked really good and so i was very excited to see that well in case you missed it not long after the show the airwaves, the social media airwaves were blowing up 
with this designer. There's an indie designer named Kelly Ford. You may have heard of her. Maybe you haven't. But a couple of years ago, she went viral on TikTok and other social media platforms. I mean, and so many um, outlets picked it up. She had created this. She took her Louis Vuitton um, shopping bag. So the bag that you get when you purchase a Louis Vuitton and she um, made it into a handbag. She added handles to it and she added this like PVC coating covering of it to make it a handbag. And everyone was going crazy about it. I mean, if, if you Google it, Google her name, you will find it. So Kelly took to TikTok to call out Louis Vuitton and Pharrell for, they actually released their version of this bag in this latest collection. And so she called them out for stealing her idea, not giving her any credit. So, you know, the internet was divided on this. There were a lot of people sending this to me saying, oh my goodness, she doesn't, she didn't have any rights. This isn't her IP. It was theirs. That was their handbag. She couldn't protect it. Um, and then some people were saying, this is what they do. A lot of big designers, they really, um, they aren't respectful of the smaller um, independent designers. And, you know, they're stealing, they're copying from her and this and that, right? And so then a lot of people were like, I don't really know what to feel. Who's right? Who's wrong in this? Okay. And so a lot of people have asked me to address it. So I'm answering this question. Okay. And I'm going to address it. The first thing we have to recognize you may or may not have ever heard of something called the first sale doctrine. That is what permit, permitted Kelly to create this bag in the first place, okay? And the first sale doctrine says this, once you purchase something, the, the original copyright holder or trademark holder has no right to tell you what you can do with it beyond that, right? And so that's why, and, and I'll tell you who's infamous for these types of um, lawsuits and disputes is Disney, because there are a lot of people that purchase Disney products and then they, you know, razzle dazzle it. They bedazzle them. Um, they add some bling to it. They do, you know, that's how you're able to do those kinds of things as long as you purchased it, right? So if you purchase, if you go, if you get on a plane and you go to Florida and you go to Disney and you buy, you know, a thousand tumblers and then you want to bedazzle them and sell them, you are well within your right to do that. You can do whatever you want to do with it once you purchase it, okay? And so because Kelly, I'm assuming, rightfully purchased um, at Louis Vuitton, and this was a shopping bag, which I don't even believe they sell the actual shopping bags. And she wanted to bedazzle it, change it up, totally fine, right? She was well within her rights to do it. Now, the question of whether or not her design was protectable, that remains to be seen. Why? Because the actual handbag has Louis Vuitton's name on it. It's their trademark. It's their intellectual property. And you can't copyright something that you don't own. So that's really the flaw here. And that's what I think is going to stop her from being able to actually go after them because she can't protect it. So that's the thing. And, and that's my caution to independent designers is to make sure that you are valuing your intellectual property and that you are putting out things that can be protected and can be leveraged, right? So if I were Kelly's IP attorney, I would have said to her, no, what we, it, it was fine for her to do it, right? Um, and then she, she's now selling them. So I think that this is also possibly, you know, could be, um, risky because she sells them on her website. 
Now, the question is, is she creating these? Is it still protected under the first sale doctrine? That's what we don't know, right? Now, I have seen there are some people, there are some creators um, who they will do this for you, but you have to send them, you know, we see this a lot with Crocs. I've seen it with Uggs as well, um, where you, you have to actually purchase it and then they will make the, do the creation or do their, you know, do their little piece on it. And that's fine. That is totally fine. That is not infringement. You are well within your rights to do it that way. However, I don't know where she's getting the bags, the shopping bags, if she's actually getting them from Louis Vuitton or are people sending them in? That's the part I'm not sure about. So that could make a difference. The other piece is that, you know, now you have drawn attention to yourself by going viral and they may want to go after her to say, okay, you know, the first sale doctrine does apply, but you also, um, it can't interfere in any way with what it is that they sell, right? And so now that they have released this shopping, this um, purse, this handbag, and they're selling it, now we're into a different playing field, right? Before they, it wasn't, it was no harm, no foul, right? No different than, you know, if, if you wanted to bedazzle a Disney Tumblr. If, if Disney's not selling a, a bedazzled Disney Tumblr, it's no, you know, they already got their money when you bought the Tumblr, right? And so if you want to make more money off of it, that's totally fine. It's not interfering with their um, right to sell their products. But now that Kelly's design has been adopted, I'll say, I don't, I'm not going to use the word stolen or copied, but now that Louis Vuitton has adopted this concept, and released a bag that is for sale, I think that that could definitely pose a problem for her, right? Because now Louis Vuitton can make the argument that that's a counterfeit and you definitely don't want to get into that that arena. So I do um, I do feel bad for her because I think that, you know, this was a, it was a, gr a genius idea. It was a great idea. She's got, there are um, on her website, she's got some other designer bags that she's done that. Um, with as well. And I think it could be, could have been a great business, but if I were her IP attorney, I would probably have advised her not to sell them. Possibly her IP is how to make it right. So I would have um, told her to, you know, package that possibly having a course or a book or something, instead of just doing it on social media, where you're telling people how to do it for free, that's your IP. Possibly we could have monetized it in that way or some other way. Um, I do think that it's going to be interesting to see, you know, now the excitement I'm sure that people had when she first came out with it two years ago was that it was nothing like it. It was so genius. It was so creative. It was outside the box. And now that Louis Vuitton is actually doing it and they're well within their right. This is their brand, right? This is, these are the, this was, that's their trademark that's on there. So they're well within their right to do it. Um, and she really didn't have any proprietary rights to it. But the question is whether people are going to want her version because now it really is a dupe or a counterfeit um, or a knockoff. And I think that that really diminishes the value, at least for me. I'm not a person that wears dupes or knockoffs. If I can't get the real thing, I'm just not going to get it. So I, it'll be interesting to see whether, um, whether that'll happen for her, whether she'll still be able to do it. 
my advice to all creatives is to create your own. There's nothing like it. No one can take it from you. You can protect it and you can leverage it. You are the only one. You have the exclusive rights to it. And so um, I think it's unfortunate that this has happened. Um, and I will be watching it just to see how that goes, okay? So I love getting these IP questions. If you've got more questions, send those to me. Send me a DM, send me an email. I'm happy to explain. I want to help everyone to just, you know, let this be part of our everyday conversation. You know, I, I am seeing it a lot more. Even in the younger generation, you know, people are really understanding um, the value in intellectual property and there's IP conversations happening every day. It's in the news every day. That is what I do primarily on TikTok is talk a lot about what's going on in the world of IP. So head on over to my TikTok and follow me if you are not following me there at your small biz attorney is my handle on TikTok. Okay, so I am back. I just wanted to let you know that I've got some amazing interviews lined up for the month of July and going forward. I can't wait for you to hear from some of these guests. Here's what I've been up to. Okay, so definitely, you know, getting content ready for this next season of the podcast, recording content, researching. Um, my Locked In Lawyered Firm website is now live. It is finished. So go take a look at the new website. It's www.lockedinlawyeredfirm.com. As you know, in the previous episode, I decided to rebrand. My new branding is out. You've got to see it. It looks so good. So just really going through the rebrand has taken a lot of my time um, in this first half of the year. Um, what else have we been up to? Then we also um, revamped and reopened my Locked In Lawyer membership. This is the membership that I started back in, in 2020 in the pandemic. And we've uh, made some major changes to it that I'm super excited about. I added business coaching to it. So before it was primarily a legal membership. So having access to a lawyer whenever you need it, having access to all of my contracts and forms and legal forms, and we have a, a legal Q&A session every month. But here is what I was finding. And um, with not just the, the clients that I had in the membership, but even my clients that were my private clients that were not necessarily in the membership is that many business owners need more than legal advice. They need help with business coaching. They need help with IP creation. They need help identifying whatever their million dollar idea is and how to package that, protect it and leverage it into their multi-millions, right? And so I was finding myself answering a lot of business questions, doing a lot of business coaching anyway. So I decided to add that to make the um, to make the membership more valuable, and that's going great. It's my zone of genius, and what I love to do. So that has been really fun um, to see people be able to, you know, just express themselves, get help on their business um, direction and their business ideas, and all of those things. So that's been so fun. But of course, you know, with every great idea, it's like forty more hours of work, right? <laughs> so just having my team get our processes together, getting our materials and our resources. We, of course, we were doing the rebrand. So we also had to revamp and upgrade our member site. And it's just, you know, step-by-step, step, just trying to get a lot of those things done. So we've got that. I am also updating Legally Locked In, which is my um, online toolkit 
for all things legal. It's everything that you need to legally protect your business. And I am updating that. Why do I always have to update these things, you ask? Because the law is ever changing. The world of IP is changing every single day. And so there's so many new changes with IP as it relates to um, artificial intelligence and how copyrights are handled and all of these things. So I'm updating. I'm legally locked in to have that. And we're going to be releasing that in um, in the middle of August. So I'm doing, I'm making the final edits um, right now, and then it's off my desk and on to the designers. So that'll be done. But um, so yeah, I've got lots of things that I am updating and just trying to make sure that, you know, as things change, that I'm keeping you in the loop and on top of it so that you can make sure that the foundation for your business is solid. Okay. So that's all I've got in this episode. I just want to say happy Juneteenth, happy Independence Day, whatever it is that you celebrate, whatever it is that you feel, I just want to send you all the love and all the positive vibes. And thank you for hanging in here with us. I am so excited to share with you some amazing um, new stuff as we get into this next week. All right. Take care. Bye for now. I hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you did, remember to hit subscribe and to stay updated, head over to buildyourowntablepodcast.com to connect with me. I'm Nakia Gray. I'll see you next time.